Hi, I'm Dr. Chris Lee, and welcome to the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. This show is completely dedicated to helping you remember the infinite potential that is quietly resting within your brain and nervous system. On this show, we go over the stories, strategies, and tips that the world's most successful, purpose-driven companies and people use to live an inspired life. Without further ado, let's jump right in. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another episode. Today, we have my new best buddy, Matt Wright, who kind of dropped into my life in just a really beautiful way. And I have to tell the story, Matt, about um, us having like the conversation between like values. And we were going back and forth. And I was like, uh, you sent me over the contract. And I was like, oh, what if we do this? And then we instantly, like, we had like an Instagram like call. And I think I've been on like two Instagram calls and you were one of those. And you said something extraordinarily profound that you didn't care about the details. You cared about the people that were going to get benefit from that. And that instantly sealed the deal for me. And I'm really excited to have you on the show because before we even fired this thing up, you started talking really profound information in a really functional way. And those two things give me mental stimulation that's probably illegal in most states. So welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much, man. Um, I think you wanted me to start with an intro, so I'll just um, yeah. hop into that. Do that. Um, a, bit, a bit about me. Um, I grew up in Texas, and then I went to uh, music school in uh, Cincinnati, and that had a profound impact on me. Um, I don't do music now, but I started a video business while I was there. After school, I moved back uh, home with my parents and kind of failed, you know, trying to get a marketing agency thingy up and running um, off of Facebook courses, which taught me a couple things, but really I had no previous experience in business um, or selling marketing services or delivering on them. So I was pretty much a big failure, but I ended up, uh, ended up working for an internet marketer guru, make money online kind of guy for seven months. And um, I would, I have a job or a text document on my computer called what the hell is my job? So to this day, cause it's funny. Um, and it lists all the stuff I was doing, which was like, email automation, business development, you know, customer service, courses, slides, videos, photos. I was doing literally everything. Um, and it was uh, after these seven months that the guy I was working for started selling a product I didn't quite disagree with. I said, I can't put my name on this anymore. And at the intersection of that happening, we had also traveled to a marketing conference and I brought all of my biohacker stuff with me. And, um, someone was like, Matt, well, you should just be like a health coach. I was like, Hey, that sounds like a good idea. I mean, my, my boss over here, he sells these really expensive marketing packages. I can just go do the same thing. Right. Turns out not so easy. <laughs> so, um, I, then I went and I got a, um, professional certification from functional diagnostic nutrition. It lets me look at lab work and create natural healing protocols for people. Um, super fancy, cool stuff. Um, by the time I had hit that marketing pro uh, conference, I had listened to 600 podcasts in seven months, an average of 2.3 health podcasts per day. Um, so it was kind of like, I, I always try to look at, you know, like what's obvious, uh, what is apparent in our lives? Like someone may say, oh, I want to be a guitar player. But if you play guitar for 20 minutes a day and the rest of it is grinding uphill, maybe that's not the path for you, right? So it was apparent by what was in my life um, and what I could measure that, hey, maybe I should do something with this health thing. So I did that and then I ended up, uh, I left my boss. I was, thank God, supported by my parents for a little while, but I ended up listening to a business mentor who told me that as a 24 year old, I should try to sell medical lab work using only a chat bot and Facebook organic marketing and not to do webinars or to get a website, which was just flat out wrong advice. So um, I really failed for a while. And then um, in November, 2018, um, and I tell you all this because I want to let you know I'm not new to the marketing space, but I left it for a little while to go into the health space. And then I came back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know this all sounds very recent, but I've been very privileged with my connections and my, my extraordinary tech abilities um, with the back end stuff have allowed me to trade a lot of my time for, to spend time around people or to get calls or courses from people. So I've done a lot of um, strategic trades. So in December, November, 2018, I was like, I just took a week, a solid week. I didn't do practically anything but binge on internet marketing material. And I was like, I already know how to do this. And I learned some more stuff. And so in January, 
2019, I came out under kind of the brand name I've been functioning under for a little over a year now, Matt Wright Consulting, and um, started kind of selling all of the services that I was previously doing. And then we've kind of slowly narrowed down over time, um, down to kind of mostly working with health coaches, mostly with webinars and Facebook ads and email marketing. I love and am super passionate about the space. And um, like, I didn't make it as a health coach. I think if I took a different approach, I could go and do that now. But um, I like that my position has a much bigger leverage point, which is I can help other people get healthy by helping health practitioners get more clients or sell more courses or sell training programs that help people. So um, along the way, um, I had a horrible experience with a narcissist, um, which was, um, that was a lot to go through. And we can, and I've just learned more and more as I go through business that um, I know it sounds like cheesy to, if there's somebody who's out there, who's kind of more of a beginner, just getting started, it's going to feel frustrating listening maybe to this podcast because maybe a lot of what I say will sound beginner or it'll sound meta. It'll sound big and it won't sound totally applicable. Um, and for the people who are farther along, they'll probably resonate with it a whole lot because a lot of what I've learned is that it, yeah, it is about the mindset and it's not the answer you want to hear. You want to hear that it's, yeah, just learn another tactic and then it'll work for you. I want the quick fit. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, everybody says I want to launch my business. I don't really think that businesses launch. I feel like businesses more often, especially in the personal branded type space, they fade in. So yeah, keep all of this in context as we go through this little interview. Wow. Okay. So that's just a, a very gentle introduction to this party. I want to talk for a super brief minute about launching businesses versus them fading in really fast and some of your experience with that because I had originally thought that I was going to launch my business three years ago and someone very gently, and I am so appreciative of it, slapped me across the face with a, no, don't do that. Bring yourself into it. Like, and be in the mindset of where you want to go and serve your people from that level, but do not try to launch into this thing because you're a no one in a space of everyone. Tell me about the importance, especially now when I have a feeling that so much of our businesses, because we're, we're recording this on the 8th of April in the middle of this COVID thing, so many businesses are going to realize that they can do it online. And so many businesses are launch mode when realistically the sustainable thing to do and the responsible thing to do if you are really passionate about your mission work is to do exactly what you say and fade into it. Tell me, tell me about that. Um, I heard this recently. I don't know if it's true. I can't go verify it anywhere unless I go Google for a few hours. Everyone says, there's a couple of things to keep in, in mind. Everybody says when you're starting business, burn the ships, go all in. But here's the thing that I heard recently is that the Vikings didn't actually burn the ships until they knew where they were going next. Yeah. Right. I, I so can like, confirm that. Yeah. So it's like you're playing Frogger or whatever. And there's like the little stepping stones that, you know, kind of are the logs rolling by. Right. What people are doing is they're, they're jumping and they're just hoping that a log is there when they don't have any tracking in place or any numbers or anything to say that this is going to work. Yep. Um, and like, there's definitely a, play, a role and a very strong role for intuition um, to realize, which I would love to come back to that because I wrote an email that people really liked recently Absolutely. on it. Um, but as far as, as launching, you're talking about two different things with local business and with um, personal brands. And I, I would think it makes more sense for us to keep this kind of focused to the kind of personal brandy kind of thing. 100%. Which is, which is if you're just starting out, um, if you're just starting out, and you have no previous experience, there are so many, many, many things that you need to figure out in terms of operations, in terms of how to handle a sales call, packaging or pricing, those are different. Um, and I, I feel like I went cheap in the beginning and I, the first thing I did was get, buy courses, which were somewhat helpful if you commit to them. Um, the next thing I did was I buy, bought a mastermind, which I didn't have the money for and totally wasn't qualified for. Um, and that really didn't help because it was group coaching. If your car is not already in motion, turning it with a mastermind or with a course or something isn't really going to help you. And I strongly recommend um, 
go one-on-one -on -one when you're just starting out. Yep. Or, or oh. if you do a group program, make yeah. sure that it has elements of one-on-one -on -one in it. Um, That's a now huge is, point. Huge. And that analogy is so freaking spot on. I watch people burn tens of thousands of dollars trying to make this pivot with a car that's in park. Yeah. Um, and I just want to, uh, okay, cool. So the next thing to keep in mind um, is that used to when people would go and start businesses, brick and mortar type businesses, um, there's, a, there's a health coach out there. He's not a health coach now. He's more of a mindset guy named Sean Craxton. He tells the story of his brother and how he wanted Sean. to start a, 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 yeah, yeah. And he, and he told his, uh, his brother wanted to start like a plumbing business and he had to go get a six figure loan and buy like a five figure piece of equipment just to start. Right. And so if you're getting on a call with a coach who you can see by the evidence has a track record and efficacious method, then $10,000, $20,000, how does that compare to what people used to have to spend? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's monstrous. And that, that was, that's one of the mistakes that I had made is I, I went into group coaching, I think for almost a year, maybe a year and a half. And it wasn't until I realized how much money I was wasting because I, I needed somebody to come not push my car, but go put the freaking cables on the battery and get the thing up and running. And I had no idea. So I finally got a one-on-one -on -one with proven like pages and pages of testimonials with people that were just like me. And then we sent it and boom, instantly like five figure month, six figure month, six figure month. I was like, shit. Okay. Amazing. Like, yeah, lesson yeah. Learned. Now, now the reason that I am very particular about, about testimonials and track record and efficacy is because many people are unfortunately, it seems to me, more concerned with selling you their program than they are connecting you with somebody who is the right fit for mm. where you are at right now. I put out a post on Facebook last night. I was hoping it would get a lot of traction. And the post was about a $30,000 launch case study. And I said, I'm so happy and excited to share these results with you. Next line with a bunch of big, big fat, you know, caveats, which is number one, why isn't the number higher? Well, the number isn't, isn't higher because this wasn't a paid ads launch. It was an internal launch. So all this number is profit. Ooh. Number one, number yeah, two. Huge. Yeah. Number two, this person's been curating their email list for years. So will this work for you? I don't know. <clears throat> Have you been curating your email list for years? Is your email list comprised of people who are a good fit for your product? This result with my launch is selling a course. It's not for selling clients. It's mm. in the health space. It's not in the financial space. So if you come to me and you say, hey, can you do a $30,000 launch for me in the financial space where I want clients? The answer is, I really don't freaking know. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what you told me. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and that was where you and I got clarity. And I just want to bring this up. If, if you're not in the online marketing space or online business and you're just starting off growing a personal business, if you see people that are out there that are like, oh yeah, we, we've spent uh, or we've made, let me say that we've profited and they're using their wrong terminology over seven figures last year, but they don't tell you that they spent 900,000 on marketing and paid ads. Like, yeah, a clean thirty thousand dollars internally is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, it's a unicorn yeah. nowadays, and that's that's on top of additional revenue. Like it took us four months to do that launch. Yep, the timeline is all dependent on how much work does does the client want to put into it. How fast do I get my work done? It's yeah. creative work. It's a lot of writing. But now our timeline to our next launch is I think like a month or something, and we're gonna go big with the ads and JV and everything. And so the, the, but let me come back to the testimonials thing real quick. People will slant their testimonials. You have to be very careful about that where there are fake testimonials out there. So like talk around with your friends and stuff and, and see, you know, who fits, you know, that's, that's another, yeah, there's, there's so much that I like want to go down because I've been burned by fire uh, in this marketplace with people that are telling me they're people over profit. And then they're like giving me these promises and the testimonials. And then when I say, because like one of the things that I used to do, because I just have a huge trust issue. I'm a tire kicker. I'm a biohacker. I'm a scientist. I need data. I need statistics. Mm -hmm. And because of that, when I would say, okay, that's beautiful, but let me talk to one of the people that you've worked with. That was how I found my one-on-one -on -one coach. Cause he said, great, here's six people. 
And everyone else was like, mm, can't, can't do that. No. And I'll totally shout him out. His name's Travis Greenland. Like the dude is a genius at what he does. And he is a genuine people over profit. I love the guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one more thing I wanted to mention within that. I don't know. It'll flow yeah, back it in. Comes up. It'll bring me up to a really important point, which I think people like you and I, go ahead, let it rip. Now, I work with a lot of webinars, launches, paid ads, email marketing. Yep. There is commitment on the coach side to do their job and to tell you what they're good at to do. But there's an equal commitment on your side, which is if something doesn't work, please do not subscribe to the fallacy. You need to be very careful about that that the person doesn't know what they're doing. In marketing, P90X took 21 times until it caught on. WD40 had to launch 39 times until it caught on, okay? So if you're gonna work with someone for, and you're only gonna give them a two month timeline, you're gonna develop your first webinar and do your first round of paid ads and your first round of messaging and everything, and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean necessarily that the coach is bad. It doesn't mean that email marketing doesn't work. It doesn't mean that webinars don't work. And it doesn't mean that paid ads don't work. It really oh asks you really analyze what's wrong. And, and now the coach you're looking for is the person who says, now if it goes wrong, I will stick with you. Because I have people come to me and they say, yeah, I spent, you know, X thousands of dollars with this other coach who has, who has the pages of testimonials. But I get the calls on the back end to say, yeah, well, I only made one sale. Or, you know, and it was a $15,000 sale for one of these people, mm -hmm. but they spent 10,000 on coaching and it took them five or six months and there was no underlying additional profit in there. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't have 10 or $20,000 to invest in a coach and to, you know, it's like, don't spend all your money on the coach and then have, you know, no money for gas, you know, and all your money on the car and have no money for gas, right? If yeah. they're teaching, there are other people who teach organic marketing. It's a perfectly fine way to go, but you know, it's just, who do you work with? Who do they work with? So, yeah. and I would say even before, if I had to go back and like really go talk to like business Chris from three years ago, um, having the wherewithal to get purely organic until I was like 10 K a month and not trying to go towards paid ads instantly and thinking that that was the solution instead of just crafting my message, no, it, it, crafting it and work. <laughs> the paid ads thing can work, but the it problem does. is it, it, it can work. But the problem is, is a lot of people don't have the financial tolerance to make it work before they try it. Yep. And then they burn up. I mean, that's, that's what I had done is I, I had like X amount of money that I was willing to spend an X amount of time. And then when that money was gone, I was like, I'm a failure. Right. Yeah. And it took me until last year until my message was good. My marketing was stellar. Like People keep asking me now, like, how did you get so successful? It seemed like it happened overnight. And I want to hit them in the head with a two by four. I'm like, this took me four years of just failure after failure after failure to get here. And you don't see any of that. You don't see the coffee at midnight. You don't see any of this stuff. Like it's consistency and it's learning. That is that like in there, there is no overnight success. And it makes me sick to see people like marketing to people like that. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, and this frustrated and confused me for the longest time. And I can say only in this year have I connected with this, but everyone's like, oh, you got to find your why. And the people mm -hmm. who I find have success are people who come in with a transformational story. And they're just like, oh, organic marketing worked for me. Well, yeah, that's because you lost 300 pounds and had cancer. So yeah. everybody thinks you're magic regardless of what you post. But the person who's equally as smart, who maybe doesn't look as attractive, which let's face it, is an actual contributor in the health space. If you 100%. are trying to sell, you know, menopause health or something, and you know, you got a wrinkly face, it's gonna be tougher for you. Yeah. Like I'm a dude, you know, like Frank Kern, you know, he jokes about, he's like, oh man, look at this ugly mug, you know? Like I'm a dude, like if I was an attractive woman running my Facebook ads for myself with video views, I'm always gonna pay more because of how I look. Just the way the world works. Doesn't say anything about you. It's just it's so, biology. Yeah. So so everybody talks about your why. Oh, you got to connect with your why, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's what's going to keep you going. Dude, I had skills in the digital marketing space before like way, and I had sufficient skills, very good skills, long before I kind of settled on, okay, I'm going to help health coaches because I know when I help health coaches, I help people heal. And even if I'm not a health coach, then 
And that's like my big why I, had, I was talking to my friend Graham recently he said, dude, you know, there's all these people who say, you know, they want impact, but really they're measuring their impact by their money. Mm. That's not impact. When you are really impacting people, you won't know how many people you're impacting. It will be immeasurable. And I was like, dude, you're so right. Yeah. That's, oh my gosh. Yeah. I want to go down that rabbit hole for sure. Because even before we got on, you had mentioned that term that I want you to bring back up, but a lot of, uh, I want to make sure I say this properly, the value that we are instilled with and like the definition of value comes around like stuff, things, money. When realistically, like you said, the people that are out there that are like, really crushing it have like such a good game plan but they're also so connected to like a purpose that's bigger than themselves like, and it takes it takes my real point with the things i was saying earlier is it, it takes a lot of time you may yes. well have the skills oh my gosh before you are connected with the why so don't you know look at some influencer and they're going yeah man you gotta you gotta know your why and then be like i don't know my why I, i'm a failure i can't do this no keep keep doing what you're doing and, and through that like there are people who are like, yeah, man, I was born to play golf or I was born to play baseball or whatever. And they just know from the beginning of their life, not all of us are so endowed with that. A lot of us, and I think actually more people are, are take a, a winding path to get where they're at. Dude, I studied like music and like did some HTML classes in high school. You know, I went to college for music and I started doing video services. I thought I was just going to do video services when I moved back. And then I like ended up working for an internet marketer guy. And then I started listening to health podcasts out of total curiosity. Like, you know, like it's that classic wisdom. It's never too late to start kind of thing. You it's know not, what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's huge. And it takes us right down the, the path that I want to go on. The journey is, is not a road that's paved, right? It's, it's a blaze of trail. Like, I don't know which direction I'm going, but it feels right. Talk yeah. to me about intuition and how freaking crucial it is to be properly tuned in to intuition. Okay. So here's a really cool thing to realize about intuition. I think that when a lot of people are first introduced to manifestation or money mindset and they hear these incredible stories of, oh yeah, and then exactly $26,633.79 appear in my bank account the next day from my ex-husband who I hadn't talked to in like 10 years. Those are great stories. Right. Now, the thing to know about intuition is that it doesn't have to be perfect. It will if you, and if you can learn to go, you know, if there's, if there's, you know, say you're in a room surrounded by, you know, 20 doors and you turn around and you go, you tune in with yourself and you go, which door do I pick? And you turn and you go, okay, I'm going to pick doors on the West side. And then you go over there and you pick a door that's on the West side. Well, maybe the door that you picked wasn't the perfect door, but it was, you know, the right door was just one door over or two doors over on the left or the right side or something intuition got you close. And if you can learn to trust in that part of it, then you're moving in the right direction. And here's, here's like another analogy. I think that maybe is a little less obscure. Like if I want to drive from, um, you know, Maine to California at night with fog, I turn my headlights on. I can see the road in front of me, but I can't see all the way to California, but I keep driving. Right. Yeah. So, it, so it's truly the journey, not the destination. And it's so cliche, but guys, the cliches are there because they freaking work. Like, that's the thing. Like, they're around for a reason. And that's, that's like the profound message that I've been getting in this season of life for me is just trusting that, okay, I'm at least going in the right direction, not the perfect direction. It's progress yeah. over perfection. So um, I play a lot of music. Uh, most of these, mostly these days, it's guitar. And um, there was this guitar guy bumped into run some ads for a course on Instagram. And he doesn't email a lot, but I got one of his emails and it said, why practice? Like, why do we practice guitar? And in all of my musical training through high school, through, you know, a top 10 conservatory, University of Cincinnati, college conservatory music, I never heard this. Nobody ever framed it this way. And he's got this long email and says, practice is the point. The outcome of your practice is just a bonus. Oh God. Say so that again. now when I practice is the point, the outcome of practice is just the bonus. So your practice could be the practice of helping people with their health, the practice of helping people with their wealth, the practice of getting better at writing ads, the practice of getting better at guitar. And so now every time I sit down at guitar uh, to play guitar and I like do 
a million stupid reps of something. I used to like hate that. And now I go, this is the thing. This is the joy yes. in this moment. Find pleasure in the journey, right? Like that, yeah. that's been like the profound message for me. And gratitude has been a game changer. It is still a game changer. It's like one of the first things that I got started with in my like personal development journey. And to this day, every single day, I'm writing down gratitude and appreciating things that I thought were hard yesterday that I have new perspective on today. And it's, it, that's like something that is just like the best tuning fork for intuition is just being like appreciative of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like a lot of people will like, they'll invest in something and then they, they get mad because it didn't give them the initial result that they thought it cost me $5,000 to get certified by FDN. I technically, I don't use it. I don't order any labs or anything. I have one of my best friend groups from there. A lot of my clients come from there and a lot of my clients love and appreciate that I can speak their language with all the labs and all that stuff. Was 5,000 a waste? No, but the, yeah. like, just like, like with advertising, there's something called attribution, which is if somebody sees an ad and then they click, you can track it. Where did they buy after 28 days or did they buy after 14 or did they buy after seven? But the problem is if they buy after 90 days or something and your attribution window isn't set up correctly, then it'll say that sale just came out of nowhere. It didn't come to the ad. So just like in life, you have to set your attribution to, hey, I got that mastermind when I was, you know, whenever, like 23 or whatever. But like there are clients and connections that have surfaced out of there that have paid it back. But it took like 12 to 24 months to really see that result. Oh yeah. Let me be the one to like confirm this. I spent $200,000 on a doctorate that I, I'm not saying that I don't use it, but I'm a chiropractor with I have played neuroscience. three times since graduating. Yep. It's trusting the freaking process, right? Like somebody said, like, why did you waste four years of professional school getting a doctorate that you use once or twice a month right now? And I'm like, it's not about the thing. It's about the lesson it provided. And it mm. provided me some shit. Like I, I would have paid millions of dollars to learn the things that I learned there all over again. And it's not out of the textbooks. It's about the hardship, the, the studying, the going after it and being passionate. All of that stuff are lessons that you cannot get anywhere else. I, I don't believe. And that's where it's been like, did you waste your money? Like, no, I would have spent more shit. I should probably go give them more money for that. Not that I ever will because they're just a bunch of crooks. But I mean, I appreciate that to a totally different level. And there's, there's depth to that appreciation. Yeah. Like, like with music school, I don't, I don't know how exactly how much it costs. Um, but studying abstract music and taking a master's level opera class taught me critical thinking and it taught me context. It taught me how to look at the bigger picture. And now I use that every day in advertising. You know, the, the key question in copywriting is where are they at now? Do they know that they have a problem? Do they know about the possible solutions out there? Do they know about your solution? Do they know how to take the next steps? Have they watched a video? And it's context, just like we're looking at Mozart writing an opera, you know, oh, well, this key change that we talked about for an hour and a half, which bored the heck out of me what back then is, was like so controversial back in the day, you know, but it's, it's about the context and that's the significance of it. So um, I want to share one thing real quick, um, a little exercise, and then we'll go to that little phrase that we've mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Let's go. Okay. So I got this exercise from Alex Sharfin, um, who's awesome. And uh, the exercise goes like this. It's called the five core. Okay. And so you rate yourself one through five. So whenever an opportunity presents itself to you, be it a mastermind, a coach, a group coaching program, a service a course, whatever it is, use this and you can use it about once every like two to four weeks. Um, so you look at you ask yourself these questions, lead gen, how many new people are you bringing in? Is it a one? Is it really bad or is it five? Lead nurture. Once they opt in for something or they indicate interest, um, do you have something in place that warms them up, brings them to the next level, like a video series, an email sequence, or a sequential series of advertising? After that, you have conversion. Okay, so if you've got those two things in line, 
do you suck at closing on the phone in case that's the, that's the place you need to work. Um, next up is uh, delivery. Okay. After you sell your clients and you've got plenty of client flow, does it take you a lot of time to deliver? Is that your bottleneck? And then the last one is resell, retention, upsell. So after somebody completes your program, do you have an ascension model? Or a lot of times in the service business, um, you do a descension model. People will come in, they'll buy your highest end coaching package. It doesn't mean that they're done with you. They're going to want a check-in call once a month or once a year or something. And instead of up-leveling them, you can down-level them to a, a continuity kind of based program. So rate yourself one through five on those. Lead gen, lead nurture, conversion, delivery, resell, retention, upsell. Where do you need to work? Does the offer that's in front of you align with where you actually need to work right now? Mm. Simple. Simple, simple, but profound. This is how I know that you know your shit. It's because you have simple practices that are functional. Like, I don't know how much I need to yell into a microphone on this podcast about functionality and its importance. Like I had a, a moment yesterday where I was talking to a client and I was like, if I went through your 2019 YouTube history, what are your typing beliefs telling you about your extrinsic behavior? Like, what are you typing in? And got some vocab words there. <laughs> that's a bunch of stuff, right? Like just a bunch of stuff. But like, what are your behaviors telling you about your intrinsic beliefs? Are you overcomplicating yeah. and distracting from the actual shit that you need to go get done? Or are you actually making simple, functional, rational steps that are going to take you to the place that you need to be? That is why I think people say or look at people and be like, you're an overnight success. And it's like, no, no, no. They are a very functional failure, a very functional failure. And they're just going and learning in the process of all of that, which takes us to that little sequence that we were talking about and how important yeah. that is. Pop, lock, and drop it, friend. Cool. Tell it to me straight. So every... Real quick, I know there's so many like little things. Yeah, we're gonna we'll have more episodes. We'll have more episodes. I'm not worried about that. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Um, so every time you see like an influencer or something, or like you're considering hiring a coach, dude, I'm gonna bet you that coach has had coaches and coaches and coaches, and those coaches have coaches and coaches and coaches. Doesn't mean that it's an MLM thing. It just means that even at the highest levels, people are still working on stuff. They're not perfect. So it's just again, like he said, functional failure. So. The, the thing that I mentioned to Chris, uh, which is the, the coup de gras, I believe what you say, um, of this podcast that I think he really liked is I presented to Chris that there's, I said that there's this scale and all the way on the left side um, is pessimism or, or depression is the lowest state. And then there's, you move up to pessimism and then you move up to optimism and then you move up to toxic positivity and denial. And what a lot of people do is they're in a depression or a pessimistic state they lack gratitude or they lack, or they're playing the comparison game, which will put you out of gratitude, lack, if you will. Yep. And then they'll look at a, a book that comes out, new bestseller. Um, I feel like it's inappropriate to, to name names, but it's about, you know, some guy who was in the military who then goes on to set on, set incredible. Let's not, I'm not here to call names, but it's, it's really important for people to get this. And I'm just saying it because it's, so many people are digging themselves a deeper hole and I want to bring up the awareness. It's not about pointing fingers. Yeah. But I think it's important to have specificity around it. And I'm not trying to put the dude down. He's killer. David Goggins. Yeah. Absolute boss at what he does. And I'm saying that because he has such an influence because he's a very masculine, like powerful person. And that is not exactly what most people need. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to start all over the, with this. I'm sorry. But, but it's, I, no, it's, it's cool. But I think, I, yeah, my, I was hanging out with a friend the other day. I said, I said, I said to her, I said, what are your love languages? And she said, well, I think the love languages change based on what you didn't get as a child or what you were needing right now. And I think so many people take that test or take any kind of test and they're seeking to label themselves. And a lot of times the labels become boxes. For them which which are useful to an extent but if you can function on both sides of the box it's it's useful so back to our scale yep. pessimism or depression lowest state uh pessimism which a lot of media like the office and other shows like that 
where people reject control of their lives. They say, oh, this thing didn't go correctly. I don't have control of my life. It's fine. It's falling apart. I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Well, if you're saying that, if that's your internal dialogue in the media that you're subscribing to, like you said on YouTube or on Netflix or the movies you go to or the people that you hang out with, which one of my friends says, oh, no, I think go on my own. I'm like, no, dude, there's science for if I go hang out with a bunch of gang members, I'm going to become like the gang members. I'm a gang member, yeah. So depression, pessimism, which a lot of the media is, you have to be very particular about what media you take. And meme culture is very pessimistic too. It takes 14 minutes of negative news to physically create that neurochemistry in your brain to make you more pessimistic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like watching the news. Like I take the Tim Ferriss approach. I've been taking that since like 2016 when I first heard it, the low information diet, you know, if something's really that important, somebody's going to text me about it and I'm in danger, in which case then I'll act right. Like everyone's like, Oh, you know, this, this COVID thing, conspiracy theories, and you know, they're going to do all this crazy stuff. I'm like, stop sharing that crap with me, man. Because look at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I make, you know, my income. I don't have enough money to buy a private Island and a plane and all the guns and ammo and munitions in the world and to go build a concrete bunker on a, on a private island. Yeah. At like, the end of the day, I have my vote. Does it have- matter to your life? Does it matter? Does it matter if there's like lunar stations on the moon? Like, does it matter to like the way you're living your life? Like so many people are filling their bucket with just absolute nonsense. And yeah. Nonsense is- it's just, yeah, go ahead. You're just, I yeah. appreciate what you're saying. Like uh, until, until you get to the, the level of abundance where you're like, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to bring my family to my own private Island. You can go search it on Google. I've done it before. It's kind of fun. You can go private, private islands places. Like I think 500,000 to a couple million dollars. Um, but until you can do that and build your little bunker and have your own society, you know, perfectly isolated from every government and you know, whatever, dude, you, you have literally no control, literally zero say there. Like I have a, I have a mentor who, who, he trades Forex and he reads all this conspiracy stuff and we'll get on the phone and he'll tell me all about it. And, and he said, he said to me recently about all this, you know, all these conspiracy theories, he said, Matt, you know, at the end of the day, the, the public will probably only get to know about 30% of it, you know? So it's like, even what you're seeing at the news isn't the full picture. So just don't even waste time subscribing. So it's, it's the only, the, what you do have control of is your mission, your vision, dude, go make money and help people. It's really fun when you do that, right? Yeah. And it'll take your mind off all the other stuff. And then, you know, yeah. Okay, so depression, pessimism, optimism, toxic positivity. Yep. People who are sitting in depression or pessimism, a book, a movie, a whatever, it happens every few years. David Goggins is a recent example. Um, and these people in depression and pessimism will go, wow, that's really inspiring. I'm going to change my life. And in fact, it is inspiring. But the problem is, is that, is that when the, when you try to wake up at 4am, when you've been getting up at, you know, 8am, you know, and driving to your nine to five job that you hate and you hold self hate and you have trapped emotional trauma of which a lot of these people who are super successful people do have trapped emotions, which can be released within a a methodology called emotion code or body code or other energy healing and systematically discovered and eliminated, which I value very much. These people are, are building their lives upon trauma. So you're looking at someone who has trauma, who's using achievements to cover that. And then you are trying to model them. And then when you fail, you, you don't, you label yourself as a failure because you don't compare to them. When, like Chris said earlier, it took me four years to get where I'm at and everyone's saying I'm an overnight success. So the phrase that I want to introduce to you, which I learned out of the book, uh, you can fix your brain by Dr. Tom O'Brien is a Tibetan word called Maitri, M-A-I-T-R-I. And it means loving kindness, or maybe I think to have loving kindness for oneself. So whenever you are trying to create change in your life, approach it, everything with Maitri. If you're trying a new cooking recipe and you mess up, dude, don't have a meltdown. Like it's your first try. Like, you know, when I do a a musical rep, you know, whether it's French horn or, or drums or guitar or whatever instrument I'm on right now, like a baby doesn't, you know, get up and try to walk or, or, and then fall down and then go, wow, I'm quitting. Right. I suck at walking, so, right? Like I suck at walking. This isn't for me. Yep, not for me. I'm just going to sit for forever. Yeah. So, so let me give a practical example of this. The past couple days, um, some clients have had to shift because of the circumstances and I ended up working. I got up at 6 a.m. ish and I stopped work at 6 p.m. 
And so that was like a 12 hour day with about a two hour, two hours of break in the middle of that. A lot of my work is creative work and I know I will burn myself out. And so I have to have that boundary. If you're a business owner, listen, there is no business that at the end of the day goes, man, we're all done here today, guys. Like, let's go home. No business. Like find, find me one. Okay. A very short term business, I would say. Yeah. Or it's, or it's just a, or it's just purely service-based business. Like, you know, a psychologist or, you know, practitioner like that. But even then they can only handle so many clients before they burn themselves out energetically. Um, so I worked, I worked six to six pretty much. And then I worked like, like six ish to like, I don't know, 7 PM ish. And then I like played games with my brothers last night. So I was just at the computer like all day, but on Monday, that six to six day, I was like, man, I didn't work out yesterday. I really want to work out. I just got these new plans from my personal trainer. I really want to do this. And I could just feel this, like, I could just feel this like weight or this lack of energy and, and strength. And I was like, if I go through this entire workout, I'm really going to burn myself out. So, uh, yeah. So what did I do is I took, I took the middle road, which was I'm going to do the workout until I feel good or like as much as I can without burning myself out. And then I ended up doing a little bit of cold exposure afterwards. And I just, it was the first time I had used that. I have a 55 gallon plastic tub I got for like 28 bucks. And that's the first time I filled it up since moving to Colorado, which was kind of a big dream of mine. Um, and like I got in the cold water, which I'm pretty well adapted, but it's always, you know, it's uncomfortable at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And I was just overwhelmed with just so much gratitude for how much my life had changed since I had been living in Texas and, you know, worked that last job from the time I had acquired that little plastic bin. You know, I was talking to guys like, man, I wish I lived in Colorado. It's like, you know, do you actually make time for the things that you enjoy? If I move to Colorado saying I'm going to go hike more and then I don't go hike more and I say I'm unhappy, it's my fault. Responsibility. Hard Responsibility balanced with discipline, balanced with self, healthy self-love. Oh my gosh. This is so profound. I, oh. If you know that you're tired and that you have put in a long day, a 13-mile run to clear your head is going to ensure that you're also burnt out tomorrow. Take that from me, who is a runner, that used to think that decompressing after a long day meant going for a 13-mile run and wondering why I felt like shit the next day. Now... When I have challenging days or Phoenix, who's my two and a half year old daughter is just a two and a half year old daughter and she's learning to express her emotions, like that system is now coming online and it's profound and it's beautiful, but requires a lot of presence from me. The thing that I'm gonna go do to decompress after I get her down should be like reading a book or watching some TV. And like I monitor all of my biometrics because I'm just a nerd about this stuff. Watching TV, and I do not recommend this for everyone, has been like one of the best mental health exercises for me. Yeah. So, so a couple little shifts here. Um, I got this one from Tim Ferriss. He said, if you're like a type A, like I want to work all the time, don't call it downtime. Don't call it free time. Reframe it in your head as, as recovery time. It is recovery for me to go sit in that chair over there and play silly games on my Nintendo Switch and not be, you know, such a completionist about it. I got to beat the game, you know? Um, and just screw around, do silly things. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that um, this question came up, okay, I got three things. Um, make a fun list. What do you do for fun? Because a lot of times your default isn't actually fun. I played video games with a, a kind of a pessimistic group of people I've kind of known since high school. And then a lot of times I would finish playing games with them, which was my default, my go-to, that, oh, this is supposed to help me decompress. Um, press, press. Um, but at the end, I would get done with that session and then I would actually check in with myself and go, you know, that actually didn't feel good. I think, you know, next time I'll play games by myself or I'll play games with different people or I'll play a different game, you know, so make a fun list and like figure out what activities are actually fun for you. I, I had it over there recently. Um, but mine are like hiking, uh, shooting, paintball, fishing, uh, music. I don't know. I've got like, and so whenever you have that free time, you're like, Oh, what, is, what should I do? Right. Cause that's the dialogue that's actually going on in your brain. Is, oh, what should I do? Right. Yeah. Um, the brain um, wants certainty. Mumbly dialogue. Look at that list. Give yourself something to, to latch onto. Um, 
And then if you are getting towards that burnout or you have really busy days, one of the things I've started doing recently is a lot of these like community Zoom things have started popping up, which are really fun and amazing lead source for me for clients, which is so fun. That's but a lot awesome. of times they happen at like five or 6 p.m. and I don't get off the computer till seven. My normal work day is from eight or nine-ish to like four to six-ish, right? And so I will end up spending from nine to seven on the computer. So what do I do? I cut my work break early. If I have weekend trips, I block out a day before it and that's my weekend. Mm. You have to have the boundaries for yourself. And, and one of the things you can do is, is like, if you're sending a client onboarding email or, or you're doing this for yourself, is frame it as a benefit to the other person, which means when you receive my client onboarding email, it says, please download LastPass, which is a chore. It's annoying. I have to go sign up for this software. I have to figure out how this thing works. But I frame it as a benefit to you. I say, so that I never have to bug you for passwords ever again. After you share it with me this one time, I'm never going to ask you. You can change them. They auto update. It's done. So frame it as a benefit to your clients. Hey, man, I'm really, I really want to get this work done for you. I really care. Um, but it's 6 PM and you know, truth is you're not the only client. And if I do this, I'm going to burn out for you. And then we aren't going to be able to work three days from now or something. Yep. The, the point of boundaries is to instill long-term future casted balance so that the burnout doesn't happen. Like, I think that is one of the biggest life skills that if you want to ensure your success to not do what I did, which was try to finish a doctorate, build a business, be a dad and do all of that because it eventually led to burnout. And now my life is very balanced where, okay, I have some three hour slot here. I'll take client calls. And then Tuesday, Thursday is when I take new onboarding calls. That's it. And it's a very powerful business. Like the business model is simple, functional, and it gives me the space to still enjoy life. Like, yeah, it's, it's the simplicity. Like I, that's how I connect with people now is like, is your message simple and does it work? And that's why I fell in love with the things that you were talking about. Like, oh, okay, that's extremely simple. And boy, look at like, you don't know if it works, but like you have the mindset around the proper things that I need to hear. Yeah. And that's the magic of it. Okay. We're starting to wrap up here. We've been a lot of different places, a lot of different places. This took brain power. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is a, this is a really beautiful episode. And this is why we're going to have to have you back on for a bunch of different ones is um, there's so much that I want to continue to go down. But if there is a message for people right now, because this is going to come out when all this stuff is still going on, people are at home unsure about economy and, and there's there's uncertainty what's some advice that you can give just to people in general to kind of help them do some of the things that we talked about here that presence that balance the boundaries making sure your message is clear diving into the why like what's one thing that you think most people should be doing every day so i am really pretty empathic and what i have felt recently is that there is a weight of fear and stress that I cannot ground very easily. It would take me like, let me just stop everything and go out into the woods. Then I'll feel normal again. Um, and that weight lasted on me for a little while, but, and, and I've fallen out of routine a little bit. I'm not as quite as disciplined as, as I think I'd like to be right now. But the thing that I'm doing to simplify this for everybody is celebrate the small wins. If you're trying to make change right now, if you get a workout plan and you only do the first part of it or something, celebrate that you did the first part of it, you know, and I'm avoiding, I'm, I'm going to break the fourth wall here sort of, I guess, but I'm avoiding saying, stop listening to all the media and stuff. So I'm giving you positive direction, which is celebrate the small wins, you know, meditate, you know, what you uh, to focus on, right? Yeah. Focus on what you need to focus on. Yeah. Focus on yeah. what's working, not what's not working. Like it, there's always like two sides that you can focus on. Like I should have fit, like should have finished that workout, should have done that, should have done this. And you just shit all over yourself. Or I started and I did what I could today. And that's beautiful. And that's profound. And I have appreciation for where I am in life. Like what are yes. you telling your nervous system to tell yourself about you? Yep. 
beautiful. If people want to connect with you and jam out about what you do in its entirety, where can they find you? Uh, you can go to my website, mattwrightconsulting.com. I'm pretty sure there's a contact form on there. Um, if you stay on there, there's a little pop-up that lets you sign up for my email address or my email thing. I send out emails like three to five times a week-ish. Um, I mean, my, my work actually isn't any of this mindset stuff. It's really doing the digital marketing kind of stuff, but this is coming up more and more um, with people. And I, I feel like there might be a shift someday to there, but mattwrightconsulting.com. Uh, and if you want to go directly, you're like, wow, this is the dude I want to work with. You can go to mattwrightcall.com. And on that page, there'll be a video that explains to you exactly how I work, who we help. Um, and even if you don't feel qualified, I want you to book the call because I have many super excellent connections that I just love hooking up people with. So that's, that's that. it. Oh, Matt, I love this so much. And I don't know if we talked about this on the call or before it um, that you were talking about. I don't know if I'm the right person for you, but there's a good chance that I know someone who is like, you're not about yeah. like selling yourself. You're about serving people because they deserve to be served. That's yeah. awesome. That's well, I mean, authentic I'm, over profit. I've been doing what I've been doing long enough to where I really am in a, in a place of, of abundance, you know? And I just, I know in my heart that like I have my vision board right behind me on the computer and it's got planes and guitars and cars and all, you know, and that's, that's all really fun stuff, you know? But I read this book recently called the science of getting rich and it talked about that the, the, if I plant a tree that it never stops growing. Right. But if I, if I plant something that only takes from people, it doesn't, it's almost, it sounds alchemical, you know, in, in nature, but you have to give something. If people pay you money, you have to give them something of, equal or ideally greater and greater return in value. Mm. So I'm at the place where I only care to work with the people that I know I can help. And because I've been doing what I've been doing long enough and I've, and I've focused on it and I'm using that intuition to say, you know, I don't know if this is the perfect thing for the next 20 years, but I know it's the right thing right now that I'm not worried about selling somebody who isn't a fit because the, my, my friend Graham, man, I got to mention him again. I got to get him on here. Yeah, I'll do that. Him on here. Uh, yeah, we'll do a three-way jam. Oh, that would be nuts. No, just Graham Solo. Dude, Let's do it. you'll love him. Um, he said, Matt, you are valuing that $1,500 that client paid you more than you are valuing your energy. Ooh, where is value? What is value defined as to you? Oh, Ooh. yeah. And so I, I ended up refunding the guy and I was like, I'm really sorry. You can keep all the assets. And, but at the beginning of it, it just wasn't a fit, you know, and I, and I shouldn't have done the sale. So I just, I, I've experienced that now and maybe you'll experience having to refund someone or working with someone who's not a fit. Um, but yeah. Beautiful. And this is a phenomenal way to end it, brother. I'm so blessed that you're able to come on the show. I cannot wait to have you back on again. Thanks so much.